Hello, welcome to The Brief for Learning to Pray, written by James Martin. James Martin, the first question you probably want to know is, who is James Martin? He's a Jesuit priest, and the Jesuits are that order of about 16,000 males, the largest male pastorate within the Catholic Church. They follow St. Ignatius, who was a, actually a soldier who became a mystic. And they're focused really on areas of education and missions, what I'd call outreach. Now, James Martin, he himself spent time in East Africa uh, for his missionary work. He's also a person who likes to interview other priests. He talks on behalf of the church many times with folks, film producers and the like. He's written several books on various topics. And the way he wrote this book, he he interviewed a lot of real people and had a lot of conversations with people who, who practice prayer. And now I just want to give you one final little caution here before you, we delve into the brief itself on the book. We do differ a little bit with him being Catholic and uh, many of you being Protestant in that they will pray, you know, the rosary and other prayers uh, to dead saints. Now, what they would say is that they're praying to those saints to ask them to intercede for them. But, you know, we Protestants don't do that. So be aware of that as you as we go through these briefs. We won't talk much about it. But if you do get the book, do be aware of that. What is this book about? Brief two. Well, while the book is entitled Learning to Pray, I'd say it's much more than that. Um, what it's really about is what he's learned about prayer across 32 years as a priest, across 60 years walking the earth, also reading and studying about prayer, and talking with other people who have rich prayer lives. So he drew from all these sources you know, to write the book. So contrary to what you might think from the title, it's not an introductory book, but really a sum total of everything that he learned, James Martin, about prayer. Brief three, how does Martin define prayer? Well, he gives several different definitions in the book for prayer. The one that he himself personally buys into is he sees it as a conscious conversation with God. He also talks about St. Damascene and Lamentations in the Bible, who describe prayer as a lifting of the heart and mind to God, which is something I can relate to. He talks about St. Teresa's definition, a surging of the heart towards God. She was the proponent of something called the little way that millions of people really adore, which is doing small things for God, kind of like St. Um, Brother Lawrence, who, you know, his, we've got a brief on his book, and it's all about, in everything that you do, bringing God into it and living a life of 24 by 7 prayer. Then there's Walter Burghardt's definition, which is prayer is a long, living look at the real. Mark Thibodeau, who actually gives four stages of prayer, the first stage being talking at God, the second stage being talking to God, and the first stage sort of marked by what he would call rote prayer, the third stage listening to God, and the fourth stage being with God. The way that I see prayer, and one of his definitions, is as deep calls to deep. Now, he never says exactly the way that I think about it, but basically, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Your spirit is there. 
And that's where prayer really happens, in my opinion. You know, the, the Word tells us that the Holy Spirit, we don't even know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit helps us. And it says He helps us with groanings, you know, that cannot be uttered. And where that occurs is in this area where deep talks to deep. It tells us that the Holy Spirit searches, yea, even the deep things of God. And so that's why I think it's, you know, deep talking to deep, which is my experience with prayer. Brief four, how do you use prayer to establish a friendship slash a a personal relationship with God? Well, I think that that's another potential definition of prayer. And I think the most critical one in a lot of ways, because that's what prayer is all about. It's about establishing that, that personal relationship with God, which is what Christianity is all about. Differs from religion in precisely that way. Religion says you work your way to God. And what Christianity says is that God sought to establish a relationship with us by dying on the cross and then being resurrected and that giving us his Holy Spirit to live in us, to talk with us, to teach us, to help us in everyday life. So Christianity is all about a relationship. The first thing is what Martin would say from the book is that it requires time in the same way that it requires time to establish a relationship with a friend. And so you need to spend time one-on-one with God. It's a way that you learn about God. And one of the descriptions in the book, a sister Helen in the book says that God is like the sail and rudder to your boat. In other words, he's the power and the one who gives the direction to your life. He's He says that you can learn about God from the word, You can learn about God from Jesus, as the word tells us when Jesus said, you know, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus, and it also tells us later in the word, Paul tells us that Jesus is the visible uh, image of God. And then you can also learn about God through the lives of holy people. So you'll find a lot of biographies that we put up on Christian briefs for that very reason. The word tells us that we ourselves are epistles written to other people. So we're the only Bible some people will read. The heavens. The word tells us in Psalms that the heavens declare the glory of God. And Paul said the same thing in Romans. Another key thing he says in terms of prayer and learning more about God is sharing more with God. And that's this thing of honesty and sharing everything with God. Um, That there are sort of layers of prayer there, layers of honesty. And the more honest you are with God, uh, the better you're going to do in this thing called prayer. So he types about uh, somebody who uh, has different sort of around levels of honesty. Start with rote prayers where you're not really disclosing anything about yourself to God. Then you move to praying from the heart where you open up to God, but you leave the one burning issue in your life out. That's sort of level two. And then there's level three of honesty where you bring everything to God. As an example in that, Martin gives an example himself where he really got angry and cursed at God in the middle of prayer. And when he talked to his superior about it, he expected to be chewed out. But his prayer told him it was a good prayer. His superior said, and he said, why? And he said, because it's an honest prayer. And then another thing about prayer, another way to learn more about God is to listen to God in prayer, which is that's a big thing. And a thing that I think all of us could do a lot more of. Brief five. How do you pray for help and what do you ask for? Well, uh, what I would say is I'd say you ask for whatever is on your heart and you pray for whatever is on your heart. Remember that thing about honesty? 
You can be completely and totally honest with God because the, the truth of the matter is he already knows anyway. So there's no point in holding anything back. In the book, Martin cites examples from the Old Testament. So he talks about Abraham, for example, when he bargains God down in terms of the number of righteous people to save Sodom and Gomorrah. He bargains him down to 10 righteous people, right? But not even 10 could be found there. He talks about Moses interceding for the people when God was going to wipe them out. David asking God to do as he promised, reminding God of the promise that he made to establish a kingdom for him if his descendants would follow God's ways. Elijah, how God asked, he asked God to raise the widow's son. In the New Testament, there's the Lord's Prayer where we see Jesus instructing us to give us this day our daily bread. We see Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane asking the Father to remove that cup from him if there was any other way, which there was no other way uh, for salvation for all the rest of us except for him to go to the cross. Paul asking to be rescued from unbelievers. And Paul, his request to have that thorn in the flesh removed from him, where he, three times he asked for it, and he, you know, the Lord told him, no, my grace is sufficient for you. So what should you pray for? Martin would say anything good. Some specific things he suggests include asking for wisdom, humility, freedom, perspective on a situation, courage, patience. And it was along with patience, uh, two different kinds of time, Kairos time, which is what really matters here. That's knowing when it's the right time to do something versus Kronos time, which is clock time. Hope, inspiration, and success. He also talks about prayers of gratitude. Brief six. What are some different types of prayers slash ways to pray? Well, in the book, Martin talks about, first of all, rote prayers. And while those are generally criticized by a lot of people, you saw in one of the earlier briefs, we talked about how, you know, it's like a level one in that guy's definition of prayer levels around honesty. But rote prayers, he says they can be good. Why? Because for one, there are things that have been prayed by saints throughout time. So it's a unifying aspect to it with those who prayed that prayer. And multiple people can pray it together, right? Like when uh, you know, like uh, the prayer that Jesus gave us as the model prayer, our Father which art in heaven, use something, it's our Father. So it's a group prayer. A group can pray rote prayers together. Sometimes rote prayers say it better than we can say it. Um, and so, um, you know, there's that. My caution here would be watch out for the prayers to dead saints, um, you know, and Mary and all of that stuff. Be careful about that. Um, you know, obviously as Protestants, we don't, that's not something we do. Uh, the other caution I would give you is that sometimes rope prayer can become automatic, something that you, you really don't do putting any effort into and, and therefore empty. Another kind of prayer that he talks about that I had never heard of is called the examine. And this is a prayer that you do typically, at, I would say, at the end of the day. And it's kind of where you get a sense of where God is moving you, his direction. And it starts with it's five steps. You start with going into his presence, and then you express your gratitude for everything that he's done in that day. Then you review everything that he's done in that day. Then four, you express anything that you're sorry for or sorry about that you'd like to do better. And then five, you thank him for his grace in helping you through the day. Uh, something I hadn't done before, but in reading the book, I started putting it into practice. 
and really like it. It's really a great way to close the close the day out before you go to bed. Now, the other thing he shows is something called Ignatian contemplation. And this is really praying the Bible and putting yourself in the story. So when Jesus, when the disciples are on the boat, for example, in the midst of the storm, put yourself in the story. You know, you're in the boat, Jesus is asleep. There's these giant waves tossing you around. How do you feel? What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste even? And journal your prayer experiences, you know, as you go through and do this Ignatian contemplation. And it's a way that God can reveal things to you. Another method of prayer gives is the Lectio Divina, which is the sacred reading. This is something I'd done, hadn't used this terminology for it before, or even known of this terminology. But this is when you pray your way through the word. So you're reading something, but you pray your way through that text. So it's a sacred reading, uh, meditation and praying over the word. So you read it, whatever the section is, you meditate over it, or you see what it's saying to you. You pray about it. What do I want to say about to God on the basis of what you read? And then you take action based on what you read. You figure out how you can incorporate it into your life. What would you do differently? And then he talks about something called centering prayer, which I was skeptical of because it reminded me a lot of Eastern techniques, which I'm skeptical of, meditation, Buddhist type stuff and all that. Um, there's two different types of prayer that he talked about. There's apophaticos, which is a negative type of prayer. Uh, this is like Moses not being able to see God when, you know, God would appear as a, through a cloud, right? And he, he told him he could never see his face. Um, but then there's also cataphatic prayer where you sort of get to know God in a positive way where apophatic is negative. Capophatic, cataphatic prayer is positive. So it might be knowing God through creation, using your imagination and what we call Ignatian contemplation. Um, and in the same way that Lectio Divina, that Lectio Divina, the sacred reading, all of that would fall under the category of cataphatic prayer. Um, and so how you do centering prayer is um, you, what you do is first you quiet down and you sort of move to God in the center of your being. That would be the Holy Spirit that's in the center of your, assuming you've actually been saved. The Holy Spirit's in your center. And then you you use one word and you let's say breathe in and say the word, breathe out, you know, and do that repeatedly. It could be love or hope or faith or mercy or grace or God or you know, any word like that. Uh, but it's the word. And then in the third phase, you step out of concentrating on that and you step back to the world. Um, I found it when I when I tried it to be actually very, very relaxing. And I uh, got a great sense of uh, of just of God's grace. Um, it's kind of like being with someone without talking. You know how like you might sit with someone and watch a beautiful waterfall together and sort of enjoy an experience together. Um, but it's very, very, very relaxing. I'll tell you that. Um, brief seven. What are the practical takeaways from Martin's book, Learning to Pray? Well, the first I'd say is, Remembering what prayer is. So there were a lot of definitions that we gave, but you know, stick the one that resonates with you. For me, it was a two, a lifting of the heart and mind to God, and then deep speaking to deep. But what you know, he gives about 10 different definitions. So picking out the ones that resonate with you. The second practical takeaway, besides what prayer is, is remembering that it's necessary 
for friendship with God, for a relationship with him. It's the way that God has given us to establish that. The third thing that I would take away from the book is, you know, what to ask for. And he says anything good, and I'd say whatever is on your heart. Um, as examples, this might be grace, might be wisdom, and this thing called Kairos time. What's the right time to do something? So it's not just the right. what's the right thing to do, but when is the right time to do it? And the fourth thing I would say is try different types of prayer. So while rote prayer is often criticized, there are some rote prayers when you really think on them and when you really concentrate on them and meditate on them, it can be quite helpful. Uh, second is petitionary prayer, something that we all do, you know, asking for what we what we need, what we require, letting the Lord know. And so I know some people wonder, why would you do that when God already knows? Well, God has just set it up where some things you won't get unless you do ask. That's why he said in the Gospels, you know, he said, um, knock and the doors will be open and ask and seek. Right. Um, for some things, God doesn't give them unless you specifically ask for them. And so you don't want to miss out on petitionary prayer. The examine, the sort of examination of your day. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, so that you can grow from it, take lessons from the day, understand where you met with God. Ignatian contemplation, a different way of praying, a different way of putting yourself into the story and potentially potentially meeting God. And then the centering prayer, which I found to be actually very calming and was something I had never really done prior to, to reading the book. So hope you uh, enjoy it. If you decide this is a book you want to buy, um, I think you'll get some use out of it with those few cautions that I gave you if you're a Protestant. Thanks. God bless and keep. Hi, thank you for listening to this brief. We have plenty more at christianbrief.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-B-R-I-E-F.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And hope you check out some of the other briefs at christianbrief.com.